Yo, yo, another week, another fight podcast. As always, it's your boy, Mayron. I'm here with the freshly cut Dave. How you feeling, man? I'm good, man. Can't complain. It's been a, it's been a couple weeks since we've uh, potted last. I know we've left y'all. Um, but, you know, things have been really busy in the fight game. And things have been really busy in life. But we're back now. And there's a lot to cover. There's a lot of ground to cover. A lot has happened. A lot's going to happen. Uh, in this episode, we're going to do both boxing and MMA. And I think we should probably start off with boxing because there's a lot less of it happening than MMA in these past two weeks. So, Dave, if you want to give a quick recap as to what happened and why it's All important, right. I think we should start there. Um, so, I'm going to start back with Caleb Plant. He defended his IBF belt against Caleb Truax about two weeks ago. What are the um, odds that a Caleb fights another Caleb, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> like what? Yeah. The, it's not like a common name. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy. But he completely shut out um, Caleb Truex. I'm almost positive it was 120, 108 across the board. Um, I don't remember if we covered this in the pod or not, but Stephen Stephen Fulton became the new WBO super featherweight super bantamweight champion we talked about in the pod we did not release ah right um he beat angelo leo in a very very i don't know i don't that know if that was the right word it was a fun but fight. it was an impressive impressive performance yeah. um, it was, he, fought, it was impressive. he fought on the inside which he's primarily an outside fighter and he basically beat angelo leo at his own game and like and elite but like I don't know, like you said, I don't know if dominant is the right word. I think impressive is the right word. Cause you know, Leo was was hitting him too. It just, he wasn't hitting him as hard. You know, it wasn't like, oh, like this guy clearly shouldn't be in there with him. It's just that Fulton is just clearly better. And that, that was really cool to watch. I, I thought that was one of the funnest boxing matches of the year. Yeah, for sure. And then moving on to this week, um, I guess we'll start with Josh Warrington being completely upset in a non-title fight because he dropped his IBF belt. Um, he was knocked down multiple times by Mauricio Lara, who's pretty unknown, I would say. Um, so that was Josh Warrington's first loss of his career, and it was pretty bad. Like he was hurt tremendously bad in that fight like that's one of those fights that take a few years off for your career mm-hmm. yeah um so hopefully he can bounce back from that um jojo diaz also had a fight on saturday he drew with i'm not gonna try to pronounce his name Kazan? just spell it out bro just spell it out like the first that, name. it'll be longer for me to, <laughs> to spell it out but yeah it was called Rachmanov. Okay. Um, he drew with him. It was not for the IBF belt for Jojo Diaz because he came in 3.6 pounds overweight. And by California's rules, if you're over two pounds, you cannot cut weight mm-hmm. to make it. So he lost his belt on the scales. So the IBF belt at Super Featherweight is now vacant. Um, and then we have... Uh, Brian Carlos Castano beating Patrick Tixera for the WBO 154 belt 
which is big because Castano is a PBC fighter, which means that we could potentially be seeing a uh, undisputed championship fight between him and Jamel Charlo. Yes. Charlo. Yes, that, that's going to be, I think, a pretty big deal if that can happen, right? Because then yeah. if Charlo, went, if either one of them wins, they become the unified title holder for not all of them, but for most of all them, right? It's all of them. It's all of them? Oh, I thought there was one that wasn't Charlo there. has three. Three, and he has one. Has one. And I think it's going to be an interesting fight because Castano presents us a style that I don't think Jamel Charlo has really fought before. Like, he he doesn't let up. It's constant, constant pressure. Almost Margarito-esque with his pressure. And he's very, very good. So I think I'm looking forward to that. And hopefully we get that this year. And the last bit of boxing news, it's not really like a big thing, but... Um, Local kid, my guy, Troy Isley, decorated, decorated amateur. He made his debut on top rank last Saturday in a four-round unanimous decision. So shout out to him. He's very, very talented, and I'm looking forward to see what he can do. Um, He was robbed in the Olympics trial, so he turned pro, and he had like a long day off because he messed up his shoulder. But, you know, he's with Jay Prince and Shakur Stevenson, so looking forward to that. I think that's all the relevant boxing. The side note, did you watch the Jay Prince episode with Rogan as he talked about like all the boxing management stuff? It was so cool. Yeah, he's an interesting fellow. What an interesting guy. But it was just so cool to like, you know, you don't get that opportunity to see him sit down and talk, right? I actually read his books, but like I, I rarely see him sit down and have a long form conversation like that so that was pretty cool to yeah he doesn't really talk much no he doesn't he's a quiet quiet guy (laughs) but that was that was that was really cool to watch um i don't watch a lot of rogan i try to keep my mind as clean as possible (laughs) but you know when he brings someone like that on you gotta watch he's on spotify now too so it's a little bit harder to watch him it's still free he just put it on yeah but yeah so that's the boxing wrap up. I think there's a lot of good stuff coming up, especially, and there were some pretty important fights. Um, Fulton's really exciting to watch. I think he could be kind of a star, right? The way he fights and and, and and how he carries himself. I think he could be a star if he keeps doing what he's doing. Yeah, and you know he added he added new things to his game that we hadn't seen before. Mm-hmm. So now that I mean, he has he more boxing. style or access to more styles. No, it should be interesting. And, you know, he was one of the last fighters trained by the late Najee Richardson. So, you know, I'm okay. Yeah. So, on the MMA side, there's so much to talk about. Let's start from the most recent backwards. This past weekend, Gilbert Burns and Kamara Usman fought. Uh, Kamara Usman won. But, man, it was an interesting fight. I don't think... At that weight, at welterweight, there's no such thing as an easy fight you know there's no such thing like there is no champion who ever has at welterweight easy fights and there's no champion at welterweight without adversity i think it's one of the hardest weight classes to stay champion at and i think usman you know pulled out a hell of a performance in that second half of the second round and obviously the early third to do what he did because that was, you know, I was watching BJJ Scout's breakdown of this, and I really, I really like when BJJ Scout and I think alike because it's like, oh god, maybe I'm learning something. Um, 
but one of the things he said is this was a uh, this was a class in who had the most discipline, right? I don't think that there's a wide technical gap between Usman and Burns in the sense that like some, you know, Usman's better at some things, Burns is better at some things. But what this fight showed was there's a discipline gap. Who could stick to the plan? Who could keep, keep on like their plan the entire time? Who was not willing to compromise from what they needed to do to win? And how that played out through the, the end of the fight is, is readily apparent. I, I think Kamaru Usman ha- has been able to stick to what he needs to do to win better than most fighters ever. Like, a lot of fighters are good fighters, but there's not a lot of necessarily fighters who are dis- who are good at sticking to the plan, if that makes sense. You know, and, and that's one thing that I think Kamaru Usman does better than anyone else um, that, that I've seen in recent memory. Obviously, there's like people in the past who've done, who've done a great job of that as well. But like, when I think about people who are like, all right, I need to do X, Y, and Z to win. So I'm only gonna do X, Y, and Z. Like Trevor Whitman tells him to like jab in the second round. Like, hey, you're gonna win if you jab. And he comes out and all he does is jab. Like he doesn't like deviate from using that jab. He doesn't try anything fancy. He doesn't rush it. He knows he lost that first round. He's, he's not dumb, but he's like, all right, cool. Coach told me to do this. I know I can do this. I'm just going to do this. And that got him to the fight against Masvidal too. He was getting tuned up on the feet against Masvidal. But coach was like, hey, you know what you're here to do. You know how, how you have to do it. Put him against the cage. He did it the entire, like, and he did it the entire time. And he never once wavered. He never once like broke concentration. One of the big things I saw in this fight was, you know, Burns was winning in the first round and Burns got a little greedy, right? Like, you know, after he rocked him and like he started rushing a little more, he started getting a little wider in the, in the looping. He spent, a, he, he, he did the stupid thing of sitting on his butt and butt scooting for a while, knowing that he knows that Kamaru can tap him. So why would Kamaru ever come down? So he, that was a dumb decision, right? He shouldn't have sat on the ground for a while. And Usman's like, I'm not gonna be goaded into something that I know is bad for me. Why would I do that? And it, it, it just shows how much discipline that Kamaru Usman has and how important that discipline is to winning a fight, right? Because it's, it's so, at this level, everyone's really good at fighting, especially in this weight class. It's about who's doing what they're supposed to be doing at the time they're supposed to be doing it. And so for that, like, I was really impressed. Um, what did you think of the fight? Um, there's a lot to unpack here. Um, first of all, you know, you can really tell Trevor Whitman is a boxing coach primarily. Like he's developed his talents a little bit more to be better for MMA, but he is primarily a boxing trainer. And you can tell that they have been working on Usman's boxing heavily. And it, he caught on fast because I've never seen his jab look like that. Like he went from having like an average jab to maybe the best jab in the sport in a year. I don't know about the best jab in the sport. That jab looked, I mean, maybe, maybe it was an opponent thing, but yeah, that like, jab was- I, I think that jab looked everything really good needed. in this fight, in this context. But like, let's not forget like like Israel Adesanya and all these kickboxers who, who can come in and look, probably look, look, out jab. Look. I hear you. <laughs> but that jab that he had yesterday, or not yesterday, on Saturday, was everything you wanted a jab. That's true. Straight, fast, and powerful. I think part of that is because 
Burns is a lot shorter in arm length, and Usman could reach him whenever with that jab. Right. Right. I, 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 I'm I'm not saying it wasn't amazing. I'm just saying it might not be the best at this point. <laughs> I said I said might be. Might be. Okay. Might be. Fair enough. Fair enough. It's also just sort of pick back up what you were talking about before. It, Kamaru Usman also might have the best fight IQ in the game. Might. And that might. might be a little that might be a little less controversial than the jab statement. That is that is a lot uh, less controversial because it takes it take it takes you really being smart to stick to your plan. Because I would say Gilbert Burns was on his back three times in that fight. And Usman picked the third time to actually jump on him and finish him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it takes a lot of awareness to recognize when, you know, Gilbert Burns might be maybe after Damian Meyer the second best or second most decorated grappler in the UFC right now now that Verdun's gone. Well, there's another fight on this card that we need to talk about. Hadolfo. But yes, but yes, yeah, yeah, continue, continue. So he has to be able to recognize when, okay, I can actually get on the ground and do something because if I and you really saw the difference in the patience of the two fighters. But, you know, when Burns had Usman hurt, he jumped and rushed and tried to get the fight out of the way, which I think he had to do, honestly, I because do I don't that. think that Burns could have had a decision win against Usman, regardless of how it played out. I don't think he had to do that because he had him wobbled and he could have took his time. You know what I'm saying? He could have took right, his time. Right, but I think there. his logic behind it is Usman is a grinder, and he gets better as the fight goes on. So it's like, if I haven't hurt early, I need to get this out the way because if I might not have another opportunity to do this, and he didn't have another opportunity to do it. I think part of it, yes, I, th- I agree with you, but I also think, like, sure, but then why would you sit on your back for almost two minutes after he's hurt? hoping that he comes down like because I think, that's what Usman does but I think Burns should know better than to like play guard against someone he knows he can tap and who knows that he can be tapped by him you know what I'm saying like coming into this fight we knew exactly the places that Usman could win and Burns could win and they both knew too you know what I'm saying like Burns even said I can tap him and Kamaru's like I know how I can win this fight and they're both saying the same thing. Kamaru's saying, like, I'm not going to get tapped because I'm not going to put myself in a position to do that. And Burns is saying, I'm going to put you in a position to get tapped. So, you know, that's it, it just didn't make any sense to me what Burns did. It was one of, by far, the stupidest fight decisions I've ever seen. To, to, to sit on your back two minutes, hoping that a dude that you've tapped a million times in training will come down to just give you that. Like, no. Especially after the dude was rocked. It just, it didn't make any sense. Like, it made me very, like, it was like, who, what got into his head at that point? Like, how can you rush it that much? And that's what I'm saying is so good about Usman is because he's just like, I might have just gotten rocked. I might need, like, the break, but I'm not stupid. And that's what the difference was here. You know, is is yeah. Kamar Usman says, I'm not stupid. Burns is like, eh, you know, let me just stay here. 
And, you know, on the flip side of that, in the second round, when Usman had Burns hurt, he didn't rush it at all. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so. It was an impressive, impressive win by Kamaru Usman. I think people need to slow down on the hyperbole a little bit. Because I see people calling him the best welterweight ever, which I'm like... GSP still, still, still got that crown, bro. Because yeah, it's funny because it's like... We're talking about in the context of him having the most consecutive wins in welterweight history, which is true. That is true. But That's an undeniable fact. I looked at GSP's consecutive win streak. He had one fight that was not for a belt. <laughs> and then he won a belt in the second one. And then he unified it and then had 10 straight title fight wins. So you're talking about a guy who's won every welterweight fight he's had in the UFC versus a guy that won essentially 11 straight championship fights. Yeah, it's, it's a little different. And I also think the time that GSP did it and was different and this, like the levels above that GSP was above his competition is higher than that the level above that Usman is above his competition. Like he's still better, obviously, because he's winning the fights. Like that's how you prove that you're better. But GSP is like head and shoulders, where Kamaru might just be ahead, you know? And it's, it's interesting because it's like, Kamaru can still get better. He still has the capability to get better. He's already very good, obviously. But he can still get, like, we're seeing him improve over time. We're seeing, like you said, his jab really came to fruition. He's becoming a better striker. Um, there, there are new nuances coming into his game. And because of his, his again, his discipline. Like, his discipline is, is making him better than people in a way that we didn't expect I feel like right like I remember that Masvidal fight you know like when he was getting tuned up on the feet and he was smart enough to be like nope this is not how this is going like at that point I realized like this guy's gonna have the belt a long time because he's doing what Tyron Woodley did but better Tyron Woodley did this in the sense that Tyron Woodley was often called a boring fighter because he when he was champion at least and when Tyron Woodley was Tyron Woodley he did what it took to win. And Kamaru Usman is doing that at a higher level than Tyron Woodley, in my opinion. Yeah, because it's weird. People call Usman a, a boring fighter. But he's not. <laughs> I think, like, of all of his most recent fights, the Mazadal fight was a little boring. Of course. But, like, the other three were not boring. Like, Colby he fucking dominated Tyron Woodley. Yeah, Colby was a really exciting fight. Like yeah, him and Colby and Covington. Too. Yeah, and this one was great too. But like him and Colby Covington, I think should be the like the counter argument for anyone that says he's a boring fighter, right? Because that was exciting as hell. Like, yeah, a little sloppy, but really exciting. <laughs> yeah. And I think people the, the worst part about like combat sports in general is the fact that there is an entertainment factor. And that, like, a lot of people don't or can't separate the fact that, like, the point is to win and not necessarily be entertaining. But like you said, this was entertaining, right? This was fun to watch. You had knockdowns on both ends. You had Usman winning not, like, by, like, grinding him out. You had him, like, finishing him. Like, what more could you want? (laughs) But I'm more so, for people who are, you know, he called out Masvidal at the end. And, you know, that guy Masvidal all up in arms, like, oh... All he did was crotch grab and stomp on my toes. And it's like, okay, 
let, let's 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 play with that for a second. Like, okay, he did that. You couldn't stop him from doing it. Exactly. So it's like, who's? Are you upset that you couldn't stop? Like, what's what what, what is the argument that we're trying to? Make? It is. It is. I don't think. I think it's weird, right? Like, I think you're right, but I also think, what is Masvidal supposed to say? You know, like, oh, that guy anything, beat me. But it's it's more <laughs> so for me. It's not Masvidal. It's more okay. so the Masvidalites. Okay, the fans. Yeah, yeah, I agree, 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 yeah. agree. Yeah, because they, they, you know, they, they follow behind whatever he does. It's just like, okay. I don't know. Oswald's a fighter. He's he's pushing for a fight. I'm not even tripping over him. But like, yeah. you got other guys, y'all are stupid. Exactly. I think Usman, like I said, I think we're going to see him get better and better. I think he's going to hold his belt for a long time. Right? I think because he is so committed and disciplined, like I said, to doing what he has to do in there, he's going to hold this belt for a long time. I'm talking like, he's probably got at least another four defenses in him, you know? I don't think so. You don't think so? Who do you think is going to beat him? (laughs) Nobody. I think he's going to move up. To 185? Mm -hmm. That's not going to be good for him. Look, man. Is he, is he moving up? 185 not going to be good for him. I think Izzy going to stay there. Yeah, but I don't uh, think if Izzy, went, if Izzy beats Blahovich, I think he's going to stay at, one, at 205. I agree. So the, so the, um, the middleweight belt is going to be vacant. I think there's going to somehow there's going to be a... He's going to fight for the vacant belt against someone. He not, he's not holding Robert Whitaker up against that cage like that. He not hold like... Paulo Costa is not a great fighter, but he's too big to be like top. Like the way Kamaru does people at 170, he's not going to be able to do them like that at 185. Like I'm not saying he can't win against certain fighters there. Like I, I why 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 couldn't he beat Darren Till if Tyron Will Woodley beat Darren Till at 170? But then again, at 185, like who knows? He might never even get close to him. I think it's going to be a lot harder at 185 for him to win to win like he does because he he's a. Sh- Go ahead. I was going to say, he is like a... Not that he's like uses his strength like he doesn't have technique, but he has really good technique at using his strengths. You know what I'm saying? Like, he is a wrestler and grappler by trade. Like, yes, he can strike and he mixes it up, but he is able to control opponents because he is so physically strong. But not just because he's physically strong, but he's technically strong. Like, he knows the positions... And I'm not sure at 185, even with that technical strength, if it translates up 15 pounds. I think this is this was 180. This was a 10 pound jump. I think like, like between 135 and 145 or 145 and 155, I'd agree with you. He would dominate. But I don't know about 15 pounds. Give, give me your case. Who? What is his path? Who is he beating at the top of that division that you think like, okay, cool. He can beat him, he can beat him, he can beat him. For me, it's not so much that I think that he can beat guys, but I just think that he's running out of options at 170. Mm. Listen, he could stay at 170, but he's going to have a lot of rematches. That's true. That's true, because he's going to have to fight Leon again. He'll probably have to fight Masvidal again. I guess Wonderboy could get a title shot. He looked really good in his last fight. I want to see I want to see that, because I think that's going to be his toughest fight. Just because style-wise? But, like, Woodley starts Wonderboy. And Woodley got a similar style. He did not start Wonder Boy ever. The second fight. It was a it was a majority decision. It was a draw, and then he won two. 
Okay, yeah, he didn't knock him out, but like he he won the fight. Like I yeah, didn't he think won, he won the fight. Yeah, I'll give you that. But I'm sorry, to yeah. me, she did not. Start I don't think that. I didn't think that Tyron Woodley beat him convincingly in either fight. I mean, the first fight was draw. Yeah, first regardless, fight. I don't think Tyron Woodley looked great leaps and bounds over Wonder Boy. Fair enough. Fair enough. And you know, I think with their styles being similar, but Usman being a little bit better, I can see the issues being similar too. Because you know, the the reach advantage isn't there, yeah. the height advantage isn't there. Wonder Boy has pretty good, if not great, takedown defense. An amazing and distance management. His distance control is yeah. impeccable too. So it's like it's going to be hard for Kamara to get into the positions that he needs to get in and to yeah. the on. He's not going to out. He's not. It's not Gilbert Burns. He's not going to outstrike him. Yeah, Kamara's not going to be able to jab his way out of that one. He's going to get front kick to the face. The body everywhere, so I actually think that's going to be the hardest fight for him at 170. Him and this new Leon Edwards that we're getting. Well, we don't know because we, we won't ever see him fight clearly. <laughs> but I think where Leon's at now, I think he also poses a pretty stiff challenge for him as well. Yeah, but it would be the first. That, of his I don't think matches. anybody else has it for him at that weight. I just, I just don't. Okay, I mean, I think I think you're right in that he can maybe Hamza at some point. <laughs> okay, at some point, but um, he's he might not ever fight again or something. The way they talk about him, so yeah. I think though, I, I I agree that like he's gonna have a lot of rematches. I just don't see a clear path for him at 185. Um, I think that's just like really hard at his size. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think a lot of those 185ers can get to 170. Yeah. I mean, Sans I think... Kelvin Gaslam, maybe. I think he could be Robert Whitaker. You think so? Arguably one of the smaller... He's one of the smaller middleweights. Yeah, but Robert Whitaker, I feel like that would be a very interesting fight, but I think I'd take Robert Whitaker to win. Um... But I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know. It'd be it would be interesting. It would be interesting. I don't think he beats like Apollo Costa. Not that Costa's too big. Yeah. I don't know if he beats Apollo like someone like that. And I don't know if he beats Darren Till at 185. Um, because like if Darren Till actually uses his reach and his length and he's gotten better as a fighter at 185, I'm not sure if he beats Darren Till either. So it's interesting. So this card also had other people, like I mentioned, Calvin Gaslam uh, in a pretty convincing win. That was good to see. Didn't necessarily move the needle, but he did what he was supposed to do. Uh, I don't know what the hell happened in that fight. <laughs> I am still confused. Uh, Hodolfo is a, is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu, like, like, he's higher than, huh? Sorry, I'm not so comfortable. Yeah. Adolfo is, 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 is more important to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu than Gilbert Burns is. That's how important that guy is Jiu-Jitsu. He's so good at it, too. I am not sure what happened in this fight. He's not sure how he gassed in the first round either. Um, but we'll, we'll hear from him again. This will not be the end of, of him. But that was a very, very weird fight. Props to Hernandez, I think his name was, that beat him. Because that was really... that was That's a, that's a feather in your cap. You, you are good in any Jiu-Jitsu gym from here to wherever saying like yeah i beat i beat the legend um so that was interesting 
Is there anything else from this fight card that you wanted to go over? Oh, uh, not that I can think of. Macy Barber lost, many. right? Yeah. I think oh, her Bilal height... Muhammad won. Oh yeah, Bully B. Shouts to him. Um, I think uh, Macy Barber's hype train is finally derailing, right? Like it was already kind of derailed, but now like she's gonna have to do some serious thinking about what she's gonna do next. Because the UFC kind of put her in like the spotlight, you know, for whatever reason they had. And I don't know if it was too much too fast. I don't know if she came back to a fight that was too hard for her too fast. But that's, uh, it's, a, it's kind of a tough spot to be in, you know? Um, we should probably talk about Lightweight now because we, we did release, or we had a Connor episode and a Dustin episode, but we didn't really get a chance to talk about it, uh, because we never, we ended up, we ended up never releasing it. I apologize, guys, I've had a long day at work, um, and, you know, it kind of changes the face of the lightweight division. Dustin Poirier is now your uncrowned king, and we are really hoping that he fights Charles Oliveira next, but we don't necessarily know the chances of that happening. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, we're, Two weeks late talking about this officially but you know he knocked out conor mcgregor that's big you know <laughs> yes that's never happened before in mma so and you know it was a, it was a good fight he did the right things against conor the calf kick really worked we don't really know why conor wasn't ready for it whether the game has passed him or he just wasn't thinking about it or it was the boxing training he should have been ready for it and he should have been he should have been prepared for something i know you brought up the point of maybe it's the training center at spg maybe he needs to go somewhere where there's more more fighters that are you know currently fighting at his level who knows um it was a very it was kind of odd the performance that he put on because he was doing well the first round but once those craft kips came he should have known they would have kept coming uh, so that's really interesting so i don't know what happens now i don't know if dustin they're saying he fights connor again in the summer was what is what i'm hearing rumblings of we'll see if that has a different result it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me either i would rather see connor fight nate uh to be honest like i would rather connor and nate three and i'd rather you know like charles Oliveira and dustin poirier and then Justin Gaethje versus someone. Oh, Mike Chandler, yeah. Who, you know, also had a really do dominant performance. That's who I would like to see happen. Do you have any edits to that? Oh, that's perfect. The only, the only issue with that is that allegedly we might be getting Leon and Nate in March. Leon Edwards and Nate Diaz? Yeah, yeah that's what I'm hearing. That would be so weird. But hey, why not? <laughs> Give Leon a fight. Does Dana, like, what is the point of giving Leon Edwards that fight? Well, so, I guess for, for context for everyone, this is the third time that the UFC has tried to book Leon Edwards versus Hamza Chimaev. But Hamza is having some crazy, um, what's the official word for it? After effects? Long-term long, symptoms? Long-hauler yeah. syndromes. Of COVID, right? Um, yeah, there's a, he passed out, he had to be on, like, like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to exaggerate, some form of, like, assisted life thing he had to be on for a day or two, like, he's going through it, so. Man, I hope he's okay. 
But yeah, yeah. Prayers up for him, but they haven't canceled the Leon booking for that fight night, as far as I know. And I know that one of the names that they were throwing around, well, they were throwing around Kobe, and they were throwing around Nate. I would rather see Colby versus Leon because then the winner definitely gets the title shot. Um, but if they want to give him Nate, that's a nice little payday. I don't know that... I feel like Nate's just going to get cut again if he gets back in that ring. Because that's what happened with Masvidal, right? He just got cut so bad with all that scar tissue. It's just not going well. But we'll see. Um, I also wanted to recap... Like, or just rather give a shout out. There was a one event, and in that one FC event, my guy Teal Zhang, um, he won his fight. He he was actually my first partner the day I first walked into an MMA gym. He held pads for me and made me hold pads for him, and I nearly passed out. Uh, he's a great wrestler, as any and he proved it once again in, in his fight. He took the guy down, beat him up. He took the guy down, he beat him up. Did what he had to do. I know it's big for him, especially because his home country of Burma or Myanmar uh, is going through a big military coup right now. So there's a lot of pressure on him because a lot of his family's back there. You know, he's carrying their flags. He walks in. So I really wanted to shout it out and say, shout him out and say congratulations. Again, if you're looking to get into to, to MMA in general and you want some place to start outside the UFC, we have really good organizations in one in Bellator with some really exciting fighters, some really compelling fights, and a really, really good setups. So... It's, it's a great place to watch. Um, speaking of Bellator. Oh, I have one more. Go one ahead. Thing. Well, two, one thing. Um, two things. They've had some really cool events lately. They're not like big title events, but they're just like cards that are happening out. And on the first one, which I think was like two weeks ago, um, they had Umar Kane, who's a new MMA fighter. He fought Alan Nagani, uh, knocked him out via ground pound. But the cool thing about it, you know, I like to highlight different aspects of like race and combat sports and stuff like that. He is a Senegalese wrestler Mm -hmm. who is making the transition to MMA. And, you know, it's really cool that we're seeing, we're starting to see new styles of wrestling, of martial arts being implemented into MMA through like the globalization of the sport. So, you know, um, what's his name? Francis Ngannou is like an ambassador for African mixed martial arts. And he and Umar Kane's coming through his gym in France. So I just wanted to highlight that just because I think it's really cool. And, you know, um, African countries have a variety of different wrestling styles. And it's good to see them coming into here. And last little bit of one news one is actually moving to tnt in america well, yeah so the other thing i was gonna i was gonna get to it after bellator but sure we could talk about it now um ong is headlining is one is one of the headliners of that first tnt card so right. yeah so yeah we'll just talk about it now before bellator so yeah one fc is coming to tnt you'll be able to watch it on cable television i'm pretty sure just regular cable tvs from my understanding and it's it's pretty cool. They put on a, in my opinion, they put on a better show than the UFC. Like they're very into the theatrics of it. They take a lot of inspiration from pro wrestling. So if you're kind of like a pro wrestling, hmm? it's very pride-esque. 
very pride-esque yeah so if you're a pro wrestling fan you're a pride fan kind of a like more of an old school fan they have that kind of that, that that kind of feel to it and you really enjoy it also the card moves a lot faster because a lot of the fights are pre-recorded by the time they get here um but because we don't necessarily know necessarily a lot of the fighters it's all exciting things to pick up and to watch and they also do a much better job in my opinion than the ufc of showing the backstory of these people the country they came from the place they grew up in what it means one thing to, to note about you know umar kane obviously in the senegalese wrestling senegalese wrestling is kane velasquez himself actually went out there and trained for a little bit with them just you know to, to experience it and that was really cool that was really cool to watch and that happened like years ago um but like they said they they highlight and show a different part of the world both in the african countries and the southeast asian countries even sort of not just the middle eastern countries but that that sort of south southern part of asia pakistan bangladesh myanmar nepal which is different than say like the thailands and laos and cambodias of the world um so it's it's really cool to see like them as a global organization because they truly are a global organization now i wouldn't look too closely at their accounting but they do they do do a really good job at putting on you know that's that's a whole other issue like we're about to talk about bellator so where yo romero is fighting rumble oh, i guess my last thing um this is much to my chagrin but since they're going to be on tnt they're moving to like a traditional combat sports scheduling so they're going to be at night now oh yeah one of the one of the barriers is they were often on in the morning and so yeah. dave and i would wake up we'd watch i, I would only be up for that reason it's it's hilarious but now you'll be able to watch them at a regular prime time yeah which i don't like i mean i like and i like for the advancement of one in the sport i don't like it because i'm a morning person and you know i like to have my breakfast with a side of you know submission wrestling <laughs> but you know whatever one thing i will highlight before we move on because we're, we're already deep into it now one thing i always try to highlight is if you if you're not a fan of the whole like grappling thing one fc has kickboxing bouts and muay thai bouts with mma gloves which is by far the most exciting way to watch kickboxing and muay thai because of everything is a smack bang as they say over there and it's 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 really cool and they have really high level talent elbows knees kicks punches you don't have to worry about all the wrestling shit if you don't want to and it's all on the same card yeah right you'll exactly. get a mixed martial art event with kickboxing and muay thai mixed in i think they also have grappling too I they do, seen they do have lot. grappling only events but ufc has that as well yeah. and on their ufc fight pass thing like they they're the ones behind uh i think polaris and some of the other stuff that goes on yeah. um but yeah so there's there's a lot of, there's a lot of really interesting things there but I think that's our one recap. So yeah, T01, that was really cool. I'm really happy and really proud of him. Ong's coming back. He's gonna be uh, highlighting that that card. There's a lot of great stuff to just watch that's going on. Um, well, on the grappling side, on February 26th, which is pretty close, uh, Gordon Ryan is actually, uh, uh, you know, he's fighting Roberto Jimenez. I am not a Gordon Ryan fan because of his politics and who he's as a person, but he's the most dominant grappler that we've possibly ever seen so it's kind of important that that's happening just you know putting that out there um all right to bellator because there's been so much interesting news about bellator and how it's coming to showtime and how they have this lightweight tournament that's light heavyweight, light heavyweight tournament that's happening man wh what do you think 
Okay, so the Bellator is known for having their grand piece. It's actually one of the best things about Bellator to me. Um, I'm happy they're moving to Showtime because it's kind of been annoying to find them. Yes. Like they've been on the zone, they've been on CBS Sportsnet, like all over the place. But now they've settled on Showtime and they're starting that whole Showtime deal with this light heavyweight Grand Prix. So you have Ryan Bader fighting Leota Machida, Corey Anderson fighting. I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce this guy's name, but he's a newcomer to Bellator. Um, you have the Vladimir um, Nemkov, who is the Bellator champion, fighting Phil Davis. I believe this is a rematch, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think Nemkov. And then you have the greatest mixed martial arts <laughs> fight of all time. <laughs> Anthony Rumble Johnson versus Yoel, the soldier of God, Romero. Oh, you open the whole thing with that. I'm not sure why. I guess they put him there because they want them to fight. Like, they are like, all right, this fight has to happen. So that's why they have it there, you know, as opposed to, like, trying to make them meet somewhere. They're like, we're not putting this shit to chance. So, for context, Anthony Johnson is actually moving back down. Well, he never fought at heavyweight, technically, but he was... But he was a heavyweight. He was powerlifting and all kinds of crazy shit. He was was like two Heavyweight. Yeah. So he's cutting down. And he's been doing this for about two years now. So I'm sure he's fine now. Yeah, it's a slow cut. But um, he's coming down to 205. And Yoel Romero technically is moving up to 205. Um, (laughs) It's probably not that deep. Because he... (laughs) He probably still has to cut. a tremendous amount of weight to get to 185. Oh. But yeah, so we're talking about two of probably pound for pound strongest fighters ever in any combat sport. And they're both both wrestlers who don't wrestle. Exactly. And they try to knock you out. And that is a fan-friendly fight if there has ever been a fan-friendly fight. And they're both a little older, a little slower, so it's gonna be like, it's gonna be interesting, right? Cause like, they're both a little older and a little slower, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Because it means they're gonna have to fight in a way that they're gonna have to get it done. Neither of them are looking to be there the entire, the entirety of the fight, if that makes sense. Like they, they, wanna, they wanna get in and get out. Um, I think, so I think a great example, if you needed to watch one of Yoel Romero's fight is go watch his Paulo Costa fight, right? Because It'll show you that even at his advanced stage, how explosive he is, how his chin is strong, and so much how much he can give and how much he can take. I think he won that fight. You know, like I know there's like you know different opinions about you know who won, who lost, but it it is it is a great fight. And then Rumble, if you haven't watched Rumble, just type in you know Rumble's highlights on YouTube. You will you will not be disappointed at all. That's a that's a that's a bad man. This is gonna be really fun, and really the entirety of this tournament is fun. Nemkov is a beast. He's probably gonna win it all, right? Like Nemkov is a beast. I think he probably fights Corey for the actual belt, and he might beat Corey. Yeah, I think I was like I'm looking at the, the bracket. Yeah, 
I think Nemkov is a terrible matchup for Corey Anderson. Yeah. Personally, but you know, I don't know anything about this guy that Corey Anderson's fighting. So not a clue in the world. He he could be Kryptonite too, for all I know. So not um, a clue in the world. Corey Anderson definitely has the roughest path to the final for sure. Yeah, I do think if I do think he makes it though. I think he gets there, and I, I do think Nemkov beats him when he gets there. Um. But this is really exciting, and this is kind of cool for Bellator, and I hope they stay at Showtime because Showtime just does a really good job at this kind of thing, right? And they they do a good job with their boxing. Like, it's not the most amazing, but they do a solid job, and I, I'm, I'm curious to see where they go. I'm hoping that they merge the announcing teams a little bit because I know Mauro Ronaldo has always done mixed martial arts in some capacity. That's true. And it would be good to, I think he'd be a good addition to that Bellator commentary team if they do end up merging their like combat sports. You think they'll use uh, Luke Thomas and Brian Campbell a little more? Uh, I know they used him for like yeah, that. Yeah, because that's CBS. Yeah, but they all, they're all like connected. Like, because like, like no, so the, yeah, CBS owns Showtime. Showtime, yeah. So I would hope so. I yeah, mean, I think they, that would be a pretty, that would be kind of like a drop in the ball they didn't yeah i really enjoyed their like hey welcome to bellator interview everybody that's cool type thing right they interviewed pitbull they interviewed Joel romero they interviewed pretty much up and down like all the champs and like then some and in like when when they announced this and i thought that was like a really good thing it was it was nice to see i think i think this is good for mma you know and i i hope it it forces the UFC's hand a little to do things a little differently. Not that they do a bad job, obviously UFC does a great job, but to just have some competition is always good. I think to wrap up, maybe we should talk about Glory. Yeah, you want to talk about Cedric Dumbay? <laughs> yeah, well, let's uh, let's start from the top. So they had a heavyweight tournament, I guess. Yeah, um, it's not a Grand Prix. Yeah. Um, they had a one-day tournament. Um, Rico Verhoeven, who is their long-reigning heavyweight champion, won that. So now he has some more silverware to go to. Um, Rico, it was interesting because in the first round, I thought there was a, there's a French kickboxer named Levi Rickers. I thought that was cool. was going to get to the final, and he lost to the guy that Rico Verhoeven ended up beating. And it was pretty interesting. Like, he was just... The guy just had a tremendous pressure. He couldn't handle it. He didn't get knocked out, but it was just... He couldn't mesh the volume. And then Rico Verhoeven just picked him apart in the final. Beautiful. Um, I would love to see Verhoeven fight in MMA, man. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. But I would love to see it. Because, like, I think he'd be so good. He's huge. And it's weird, because he doesn't look that big. Like, but you just see him walking around, around he doesn't look yeah. that big, and then you hear him at the way, and they say 265, and then he's, like, ripped to shreds. Yeah. But like, I, there's I, a lot of guys in MMA and kickboxing who are 265, and none of them look like him. Not at all. Like, I think him, like, could you imagine, like, him versus Nganu? <laughs> like, it would be sick. Like, I don't know, man. I would love to see it. Yeah. And then we have, um, 
Hold on. Alex Pereira. Alex Pereira, yeah. Versus, I forgot the guy's name, but he was the former champion at um, Glory's light heavyweight division. But Alex, Alex Pereira, who is their middleweight champion, ended up winning a split decision against him. Artem Bakatov. Um, it was a close fight. I actually thought Bakatov won, but it was a close fight. Um, very good. So now this is the first double champ ever in glory history, Alex Pereira. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it for that fight. Cedric Doombay. <laughs> if you didn't see that fight, if you've never seen kickboxing before, that'll probably be the fight that I will show you because that fight was insane. Crazy. That was a crazy fight. It was so exciting to watch. I, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> Oh my God, Cedric Dube. So Dube won his second round knockout. Um, he beat <laughs> Mertel Brunhart, who they have a long-standing rivalry. This was a grudge match, um, and first round was pretty competitive, close. Um, second round, Dube hurts Brunhart, pounces on him, gets off. They go back. Brunhart tries to land like a flying knee. Yeah, he tries to do some kind of jumping attack. I think it was supposed yeah. to be a knee. <laughs> Yeah, but he flies like over the ropes, hurts himself. So he has like three minutes to recover. <laughs> he recovers and then Dube pressures him, hits him with a body kick, and then this overhand right from hell and knocks him out cold. And I love Cedric Dube. That dude is That's a, a bad boy. <laughs> that like, is Whoo. a bad boy right there. Like, and it it's was... funny because he changed his style so much. He used to be like a technical kickboxer, like point fighting. And he was like, fuck it, I'm just gonna start knocking these dudes out. And he's been knocking these dudes out. Yeah. Um, it's it was that was like just such an exciting fight to watch. Out of all the fights on that particular card, like that one just it burns in your mind. Um for for reference, the guy that beat uh Rickers, his name's Kabaz. Kabez. Mm-hmm. Uh He's, he's no joke. And then there was another championship bout was Van Sos versus Pereira. Um, yeah, Van Sos uh, won. Aline Pereira, who was yeah. Alex Pereira's sister. Yeah, she was the number Tindy three Van coming. Sos dominated her. Yeah. She was number three coming into this, but like it was it wasn't close. It was the yeah, it was so impressive because there was a tremendous size advantage on Pereira's end. Like she was like three or four inches taller and had like a Seven inch reach. Yeah, her, her her arms look super long compared. Yeah, compared to but me. Tiffany is just like it was one of those times where you could really see like this person has been around this sport for a long time and like this person has not and it was just a complete domination. Yeah, they're just levels, right? And I, I just wanted to get because I didn't want to miss out on it because it was a <laughs> it was a clinic in in what it looks like and how and how to win when you're fighting that kind of fighter. Um, but Shout yeah, out to man. Glory, man. I paid. I paid for this pay per view. It was like twenty five bucks, and I was like, I was very satisfied with that twenty five dollars I spent. It's the communist is paying for things. The world is ending. <laughs> I felt like it would be kind of difficult to find a glory stream. Yeah, <laughs> but nah, it, it was it was a great thing. If you if you if you're into kickboxing or want to get into kickboxing. You know, it's a good one to start. Glory 77 is the name of the event. Um, it was 
it was fun, man. They used to have these on UFC Fight Pass for those who have that. I don't think they have them on it anymore. I could be wrong. Um, but yeah, I don't know where the because they have non-pay-per-view events. I don't know where they are going to be now. I got this on Fight TV. Um, but I know that they're they dropped their fights on YouTube pretty quickly, so it might be there now. It might, yeah, exactly. I think that's all we had, right? Unless there was something else. Yeah. It was an exciting time. Yeah. I I am curious to see, like, you know, we have so many interesting fights coming up. I'm not. I don't think we have too much time to go over them. But obviously, we have the super card, right? With the PPV, um, with like, you know, Izzy's fighting Blahovich on that card. There's like three title fights. Amanda Nunez is beating somebody else up new on that card. And then, what's the third title fight on that card? John and Sterling. Oh God. Jan and Sterling. Oh, yeah. Did you want to talk about Corey Sanhagen real quick? Before oh, we my God. Whoa. <laughs> Yo, Corey Sanhagen. <laughs> I said this to you when it happened. I, I, I 100% believe that Aljamain Sterling caught that man at the right time. Because he might have created a monster. Yeah. So, Corey... Corey Sanhagen absolutely starches Frankie Edgar in 30 seconds with a perfect flying knee. Well, I guess it's not flying knee. It's like jumping knee. It was just a regular jump switch knee. It was like... Walk off. It was precise, man. That was beautiful. And when I'm talking about flatline, I mean like lights off, body stiff. He went to sleep. Took a nap. I don't know, man. That that Corey, that that like, cause when we when we saw him fight Aljo, it was like it wasn't even a fight. Aljo just like literally just ran over there, grabbed him, and was like, "Hey, I'm stronger than you," and then choked him out more or less. Now I think we we have someone who understands what that strength differential means and what that looks like, and is gonna react differently if they ever fight again. You know, I think I don't know if he's gonna win if they ever fight again, but I know it's gonna go differently than it did. You know, it's interesting. I'm always fearful of guys who have that ability to like go to that place mm-hmm. in fights. And like Corey Sanhagen in the fight versus Corey Sanhagen in like the post fight interview is a completely different person. <laughs> like he goes into like some crazy zone. 180. When he's man. in the when the ring. Cause like the way that he was reacting to the knockout and everything, he didn't like literally like two minutes later he's like oh man i don't want to see this man like that's frankie edgar man he's a legend like it's like he's so like weird but like in the in the cage he's like a fucking animal uh, man i don't know i don't know peter Yan has some really tough fights ahead of him if he gets through aljo that's what's waiting for him which is no guarantee not at all that is not a guarantee at all in fact i think I don't know. I think Aljo's gonna win that fight if Aljo fights like Aljo can. But yeah, I, don't... I don't see any possible way that Peter Yang can get up if Aljo gets on top of him. Exactly. But like, like I said, I don't know if Aljo fights Corey Sanhagen again if it goes the same. Like, I'm not saying Aljo will lose. I'm just saying I don't know if it goes the same. Yeah, because he's got so. I mean, I don't know. His wrestling is still to be determined, but. His skill on the feet is impressive, to say the least. Like, he had a fucking spinning heel kick knockout of Marlon Marais and did a switch knee, a 
against Frankie Edgar. Like, yeah, we'll, do a, time, we'll do a full preview of that card probably next week because we got what two weeks to it or one week to it. I don't remember. Uh, I think it's two weeks. I think it's yeah. the first week of March. Exactly. So we'll we'll do another episode with a preview of that. We've gone over a lot of stuff today. Um, thanks for hanging out with us, guys. You know, we're back. We'll hopefully be more consistent both on Twitter and on this, but we've been doing pretty well. So thank you for listening. Uh, you got anything else you want to say? Well, man, thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you all next week. Peace and love.